People are the weakest link in any cybersecurity plan. We're distracted, exhausted, and often unmotivated. It's time to change the approach used to protect our businesses, technology, identity, and data. The human element has to be front and center in a war against data breaches and ransomware attacks. It's time to educate. Welcome to the Human Element Podcast. Visit our website at thehumanelement.net for more content to help you strengthen your awareness of the people problem in cybersecurity. I am Scott Gumbar, owner of Nuage Tech, a client-focused, security-minded, proactive IT service provider. Hey everyone, Scott Gumbar here, episode number three. And this isn't really an episode I want to do, um, but I feel like I need to do it. And so Last week, I did send an email out to all of my clients to help them identify what they need to be aware of. This week, I'm recording this podcast. Um, as it looks like the war between Russia and Ukraine will continue on, and they are now saying for months or years. Uh, I really hope it doesn't, and I really, it's really sad to see that the entire world is telling Russia to back off, and this one man is just not listening. But... This is not a political podcast, so I'm going to back away from the political component, and we're going to start episode three, Russia-Ukraine cyber war is very real, but do you need to worry? So I saw a number of news articles, blog posts, uh, just all kinds of things that discuss how to protect yourself during this war because of the potential of a cyber attack. <clears throat> so let's start off by addressing that. And I and I have been asked as well, and which is why I sent the email last week, but even, even since then I've been asked a few times uh, again, how do I prepare myself for the potential of a cyber attack during this war? And we all know a lot of these uh, advanced persistent threat groups exist in Russia. These are the hacking groups. So they exist in Russia. Uh, I believe I saw somewhere that Ukraine was able to shut down Conti, which is one of the groups in Russia. Um, but there are others, and of course, there are nation-state-backed groups in Russia that won't ever admit to that, but they're there. And we know most of the cyber attacks that occur, come. a lot of them come out of Russia. It's not the only country, and there are other players in the, in the game, and then there are some rogue um, cyber attack groups as well that don't have nation states behind them. Um, so <clears throat> it does happen. And I'm not going to say it, it, it won't happen or that, uh, you know, you're too small because I don't believe anybody's too small to be the victim of a cyber crime. It happens all the time, small business owners. And usually when it happens to a small business owner, they, they usually end up going out of business within six months. Um, so the, the threat is very real. However, with this war, the Russian advanced persistent threat groups and the hacker groups and or, you know, whatever you want to call them, the cyber attackers, 
they're not really interested in the little guys. Uh, they're interested in critical infrastructure, enterprise types businesses like Microsoft or, or um, you know, SolarWinds for whatever that's worth at this point, uh, Apple, things like that. Those are the companies that they're interested in. They're interested in federal agencies, um, things that are high level, that could do the most amount of damage and uh, potentially draw other countries into this. I, I, in, I know that in a way, most countries around the world are already in it, in a sense. Um, most countries don't have anybody else on the ground, but we're, we're sanctioning Russia and basically putting them in a chokehold, um, providing weapons to Ukraine. Again, this isn't a political thing and this isn't a history lesson, but you know, we're most of the countries around the world are doing these things. So Russian hackers, Russian cyber attackers are going to target those they feel are, the, are inflicting the, uh, the, all of these things on their country by order of Putin. Um, that again is not to say that you, there isn't a chance that you could be attacked. I don't want to minimize that threat, um, because it's always a threat and it, it doesn't have to come from Russia. It could come from anywhere in the world. It could come from Iran, North Korea. It could come from your next door neighbor. Uh, so don't minimize the fact that you could be attacked and that there are things you can do to mitigate that risk. And so that's the purpose of this podcast really to say, Yes, the, the threat exists. You are not likely to be the target of this war, at least not yet. That could change soon. Who knows? But I don't think the average small business owner or the average person has anything to worry about in regards to the Russian-Ukraine cyber war. And so I see some news sites and blog sites sensationalizing it, saying, you know, here's what you need to do to protect your identity and, uh, you, you know, this is a very real threat, and the threat existed before. The threat will exist after. The threat will exist the whole time during. And there are some things that may target us as individuals and small business owners, and I'm going to get to that. But as far as Russia and their uh, their cyber attackers are concerned, they're, we're not the target. The critical infrastructure is the target, and in that sense, we are the target. The federal agencies, the enterprise businesses, again, Microsoft, Apple, VMware, those kind of companies. Um, I'm sure Tesla is a target at this point since he uh, sent over the Starlink um, <clears throat> to Ukraine. But we are not targets. The small business owners, the, the people that listen to this podcast are not the targets. That's not to say we shouldn't be concerned. So I put together a list of things that I think will help you put your mind at ease will help you protect yourself, not just from threats from Russia, but from anywhere. Um, again, your next door neighbor, the 16 year old kid who's learning how to program and hack. These are the kind of things that he might do. Um, so let's just go through the list. Let's discuss them. So the first one and probably the, the most important one is to remain vigilant. Um, if you are always aware of what's going on and aware of the potential threats and address them as they're needed, and some of those we're going to talk about over the next, I don't know how many things I have here, but quite a few. Um, and so, again, some of these aren't going to be that 
important as it relates to Russia. They're important, but not as it relates to Russia. But if you're always aware of your surroundings, you're always aware of the potential of an attack, you're always aware, I shouldn't click on that email link, or I shouldn't uh, connect to this public Wi-Fi hotspot, or, or whatever it is, uh, and you're aware of the, the current threat landscape, so as, as you may or may not be aware, during the pandemic, COVID-19 websites f- with false information popped up all over the place trying to collect information from unsuspecting people. Um, that's probably dying down at this point, but now I'm sure there are p- tons of websites popping up regarding the Ukrainian war, and I'm going to get to that um, shortly about the websites, but if you're aware that this is a, a very real threat, then you will know what to look for and how to avoid it. So that's the first thing. And we have a tendency to let our guards down. And you'll hear me talk about this a lot. But on Friday afternoon or right before a long weekend, so, you know, uh, I think the next long weekend is, for some of us, is going to be Easter weekend. Um, Or, you know, St. Patrick's Day is coming up, so maybe we, we take the day before off or the day after off. We make it a long weekend. I don't know what day of the week it is. I think it's a I think it's actually a Thursday this year. So maybe we take Friday off and make it a long weekend. Um, March Madness is coming up. So these things tend to distract us. And when they do, we tend to let our guard down. And when we let our guard down, things happen. You have to remain vigilant. And that is what I'm going to say for every potential attack, every social engineering attack, remain vigilant. Um, And keep yourself abreast of what's going on, keep yourself educated, you know, what are the potential threats, go to reputable sources, come back here, thehumanelement.net, or go to my company's website, nwajtech.com, n-w-a-j-tech.com. The second one, and I will say this until I'm blue in the face, be wary of emails or texts asking for donations. Everybody's going to start asking for donations if they haven't already. Now, I know of some, some legitimate sources for donations um, to Ukraine to help out in Ukraine. Uh, They need food, they need supplies, they need, I think they may be running out of oil and gas, I'm not sure. Um, You know, I don't know what's going on over there. They need um, clothes, I'm sure. Just the bare necessities at this point. It's a a very dire situation. Uh, I believe they're saying people are crossing over to Poland, Hungary, and uh, Romania in the millions at this point. And so those countries are going to need some support. uh, And they're going to need some donations. It's a very sad situation, but it's also one where people take advantage of it. So when you want to donate, and and I 100% agree, donate, help out any way you can, make sure who you're donating to is reputable. Do your due diligence and check on them. Find out. There is a great website, charitynavigator.org. I wouldn't just rely on that because some smaller nonprofits tend not to be on there, but that is a great resource. Um, Ask around, make some phone calls, check on the legitimacy of that group seeking the donations. Uh, It's not necessarily a nonprofit always, but check on the legitimacy of it. Never click on unsolicited links or download unsolicited attachments. This is standard operating procedure. You should not do this ever, but now more so than ever, um, especially, again, if it has anything to do with the war. 
So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. Does the grammar look like it was translated using an online translator? I uh, reviewed a couple of phishing emails on the, on the, my company's website, nuagetech.com. It's the, as of this recording, it's the most recent um, video. So every week we do a phishing review video. So again, more educational stuff. But two of the emails, the way the grammar is in the email, it looks like somebody took another language, put it into Google Translate, and clicked Translate into English. It, it's just how it comes across. It's how it looks to me. If if the grammar is not great, and it looks like it may have been translated, like some words just don't make sense within the within the email, it probably wasn't written in English. It was probably written in another language and translated using an online translator. If it looks that way, I wouldn't wouldn't reply to it. I wouldn't click on anything in it. Immediately delete. Uh, if the email comes from John Smith, but the email address is you know. A, a different name, delete it. Here's another tip. Visit sites that are reputable. Phishing sites are launched all the time. So during the pandemic, again, as I mentioned earlier, we had COVID-19 pandemic sites all over the place. And I would say the vast majority of them were phishing sites, trying to collect information from people, maybe even collect money or something else. Most of them were fake. There is software out there that, that helps um, recognize those sites and blocks them, the, you know, like, um, DNS filtering. Um, and then you, you know, it'll automatically block sites that are new, I think registered within six months or something like that. And you could change those settings or, um, sites that purport to be something they're not. You can also block sites based on their content and so forth. Uh, if you visit a site and you're not sure if it's reputable, you can go to who.is, put the website address in the search in there, and just look to see when it was registered. If it was registered recently, then chances are it's not legitimate, and you should avoid it. Um, this is what they do whenever there's a, a big news item, ma mainstream media news that's you know constantly running 24-7. They'll launch websites to try to get information from you, and, and some of those websites might be asking for donations even though they're not real. Crypto transactions transactions should only take place on trusted platforms like Coinbase. If you're not familiar with crypto, don't start a new career in crypto and expect that you're going to know where to go. You should use Coinbase in the U.S. Uh, I'm not sure if there's any anybody else at this point that's doing it in the U.S. Um, and if you're not familiar with crypto, then just stay away from it. And if you're if you do get hit with a ransomware attack, they always ask for a payment in crypto, usually Bitcoin. Don't pay. Don't do not pay unless you have no other options. If you can restore from a backup or recover somehow, do not pay. If you get robocalls or calls that have a long pause before someone talks, we've all gotten these calls, right? You, you pick, you answer the phone, you say hello, and there's like a five or six second silence, and then you hear boop. Or bloop, some some sound like that. Hang up, just hang up because it's a robocall, it's an auto dialer, and ninety nine percent of the time those calls are not legitimate. Just hang up. And so I have read where there is the potential for 
voice phishing calls, vishing we talked about in a previous podcast episode two, go back and listen to that, the success rate of a phishing campaign that also uses voice phishing or vishing is much higher than one that one or the other by itself. Robocalls, hang up. Calls where there's that long silence when you pick up, hang up. Use strong passwords, 2FA, MFA. I have beaten this to death and I'm not going to expand on it in this podcast, in this episode. Um, but you should have strong, complex passwords that are not reused anywhere else. So you should not have the same password for your bank, for your email, for your Facebook account. They should all be different and you shouldn't be one you've used before. Go check to see if you've ever been compromised before. You can do that on, on our website, nwajtech.com, nwajtech.com top right menu option it says i think it says free tools and just go there and you can check to see if you've ever been um, involved in a breach and what information was breached avoid public hotspots don't go to starbucks or the airport or somewhere else and or uh what's the other one um i think starbucks is the big one um it's real easy for me to show up with just my cell phone and a laptop sit down Turn on my cell phone, public hotspot, name it Starbucks Wi-Fi, let you connect to it, and now I'm on my laptop and steal your information from your laptop. It's not hard to do at all. It happens all the time. Don't use public hotspots. Use your, almost everybody now has a smartphone. Your smartphone has the ability to act as a hotspot. Use that hotspot and don't allow anybody else to connect to it. Ensure all software is up to date, especially anti-malware software. Again, we've beaten that to death. We talked about it in episode two, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about it again, so I'm not going to spend any time on it here, but make sure everything is up to date because when they attack, they will attack those vulnerabilities first. Periodically check your credit report and financial accounts just to make sure it's all up to snuff. Be prepared for attacks on critical infrastructure. So this one is what I think we really, this is the one I think we should be the most weary of it's been a threat for years now it has not happened on a large scale in the u.s um but that's not to say it won't or that it couldn't or that we're not a target now i did read some say don't believe the u.s is a target for this type of attack um i would say we are and i would say critical infrastructure is things like water supply electrical grid uh things like that um maybe communications Cable companies, cable companies have been attacked before, but not enough to where everybody's without service for a long period of time. In order to combat that, have non-perishables on hand. So if the electric does go out for an extended period of time, you have you still have food. Have water on hand, batteries, um, it's, and you know flashlights, things like that, candles. All the stuff that you would normally have on hand in the event a hurricane or a blizzard was approaching. You want to keep these things on hand so that uh, you still have a way to function. Um, have You know, you could have propane for your for a grill. Um, anything to, to allow you to cook, eat, drink water, clean water. And survive during an extended power outage or, or something along those lines. So... I hope this helps someone rest easy. It's not, uh, I don't think any individual or small business owner has anything to worry about 
from this war particularly uh, unless you you know you work you know for me maybe because I work in cybersecurity uh, but for the most of us probably not and even me I don't think I would be a target but I do think there will be some cyber attacks on critical infrastructure on federal agencies on enterprise type businesses um, if you think about it if if somehow Russia was able to take down Microsoft for example and stop Microsoft 365 I don't know how many millions of of emails would not be sent or received and that could do a lot of damage um, that's out of your hands though that would be up to Microsoft to do to handle that you know if Apple somehow was attacked and suddenly your iPhone doesn't work millions upon millions if maybe not maybe billions I don't know suddenly can't use their iPhones it's out of your hands there's nothing you could do about it um, probably a good case to keep a landline still even though that's getting harder and harder to do these days so not to be the the uh, doom and gloom guy I don't want to be that guy and again I don't think you have to worry any more than you normally would you should always be concerned about these things anyway for the most part um, but I don't I don't think uh, Russia is going to attack mom and pop's grocery store in the corner of Maine and, and West Maine. Um, I just don't think that's going to happen. So until the next episode, remain vigilant.